Welcome to this week's edition of the V-Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson, Director of Industry Analysis for V-Auto. I'm handling the hosting duty for this week's podcast, and I'm super excited. I've got a very special guest for today's edition, V-Auto founder and Cox Automotive Vice President Dale Pollack. I asked Dale to join us for today's podcast to take an inside and, dare I say, telling look at how dealers are using provision profit time and the results they're seeing as they use it to manage their used vehicle inventories. Welcome, Dale, and thanks for taking time to be with us today. Thanks, Lance. Great to be with you. You bet. Uh, now, before we get too deep, maybe we should just start with some of the basics. Maybe some of the listeners have heard a little bit about profit time. Maybe it doesn't mean anything to some of the people that are tuning in. So, Dale, how would you describe the history of profit time and how it came to be? It was sometime in 2017 that I began to observe some noticeable changes in the used car market. Margin compression had gotten particularly intense, and I noticed that dealers were not able to use the traditional velocity method of management to the same level of success that they had previously done. So I began to question what was happening in the market, why the margin compression seems to be ongoing and not leveling off, and what, if any, changes might be in order for strategy to be successful in this new hyper-margin compressed environment. And it began to occur to me that maybe there was something that needed to change in terms of the way we made decisions about used cars. And what we always had done is we'd made decisions about what to purchase, how much to pay, how to price, when to reprice, how much to reprice. We made those decisions largely based on the number of days that we either intended to Mm -hmm. hold the vehicle or had previously held the vehicle. And I understood intuitively that time matters. Over time, the profitability of a vehicle diminishes. But I had a hunch that perhaps maybe there is some problem with the way that we measure time in the context of used car decision-making, and that being according to the calendar. And the calendar essentially has a flaw, and that is that it presumes that the amount of time that you hold a car equates to the amount of profit that the car holds. And we went through roughly a two-year period starting in 2017 where we used years and years of data that we had about transactions and vehicles, And we set out to prove a theory that perhaps calendar time does not equate to the amount of profit a vehicle holds. And lo and behold, we discovered that it did not. And that discovery was very consequential because if it were true, and it it did prove to be true, it would actually call into question a lot of assumptions that the industry has operated on for 100 years. And quite frankly, some of the assumptions have velocity management has uh, has accepted and, and built its reputation on. What were the clues that led you to suspect this calendar, there's actually some problem with it? Well, the margin compression had been reported originally, at least to my uh, observation in 2017, by NADA. And what they had studied and, and released in 2017 was the information that every year since 2009, the average unit cost of a vehicle on a dealer's lot had gone up. Mm-hmm. And every year, while the average unit investment had gone up, the front end gross profit had gone down. 
and that's a classic ROI calculation. Mm -hmm. So I began thinking about when would that abate? And usually, I shouldn't say usually, always a market will eventually find equilibrium. But it shouldn't take nine years or 10 years to find equilibrium. Mm -hmm. And yet it seems that it has not found equilibrium. So that was my initial thought that maybe there was something other than the transparency of the market in addition to all the efficiency of the used car market that maybe needed to be examined. And I just sort of had an intuitive hunch that the way we measure time might be the problem. What did you come up with to measure time differently? Well, we don't actually measure time differently with profit time. What we do is we measure the profitability of a vehicle on a basis other than time. Hmm, okay. So we essentially started out by putting on a whiteboard a lot of factors that we thought would indicate or predict the profitability of a vehicle. And when it all came down after a lot of testing, it came down to three variables. And after we saw the three variables that were most indicative, predictive, I should say, of a vehicle's profitability, when we saw the three that really mattered, it seemed to be very obvious. What were those three variables that mattered the most? Well, the the first, and none of these will be any surprise, but it took us a long time to validate this fact. The first is how right you own the vehicle measured by its cost to market. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. second is how much the vehicle is liked in the market measured by its market day supply. And the third factor is its volume, its retail throughput in the market. Now, while those three factors retrospectively are very obvious, what we found to be very challenging was determining the relative weighting of those three factors. It's not mm. one-third, one-third, one-third. What we discovered is that in order to, for those three factors to accurately predict the profit outcome of a vehicle, it varies. Those three, the weighting of those three factors varies considerably of different vehicles for a variety of different reasons. So it was the mm. weighting of those three that really posed the most challenge to our data scientists. When those three, you've, let's say you figured out the weights, you figured out how those three things can come together and help measure investment value or profit potential, I guess in a way that no one has really ever done before, how do you render that in a way that a dealer can make sense of it? We do it by putting a score on every car every day on a scale of 1 to 12. Okay. So for example, a vehicle that scored a 12 would be your best possible profit opportunity. That would be a vehicle that you own really, really right, measured by a low cost to market, a vehicle that has a low market day supply, and a vehicle that has high volume in the market. And then on the other end of the spectrum, a vehicle that would score one would be a vehicle that you own for way too much money, maybe more money than its retail value, once again evidenced by a high cost to market. It would have a high market day supply and would have low volume in the market. So we score every car every day on that 12-point scale, and then we put them into four designated buckets, what we call the precious metal designations. So, uh, for example, a platinum vehicle would be a vehicle that scores between a 10 and a 12, a gold vehicle 7 to 9, and so on. So we break them down into those four precious metal designations. So I'm looking at a car then. How do I see the score? What do I have to do so I can see the score? And what does knowing that score mean to me that might be different than what I thought before I was able to see the score itself? Well, those are two different questions, how you see the score and what does the score mean to you. So let's 
let's take the, okay, sure. Let's yeah. take the latter question first. What does the score mean to you? So if you have a vehicle that scores low, it might be a bronze car. And what that says to you, regardless of how many days you've had that vehicle in inventory, it could be in your inventory one day, 10 days, 40 days, it doesn't mm, matter. Yeah. If it has a low score, it means that that vehicle has a low investment potential. Essentially, you've got your money tied up in it and it poses little, if any, profit opportunity. So what you want to do with that vehicle, once again, regardless of how many days well, you've a, had it in stock. That's is, a fresh car. I'm sorry for interrupting, Dale, but that's a fresh car. So does that mean that maybe what I think is fresh isn't fresh? Well, that's particularly the point. That's what okay. we proved. And, yeah. and there's a great example of what would the calendar say to you if you had a vehicle on day one that presents very little profit potential, if any at all, the mm-hmm. calendar would say, relax, you got time. Right. And in fact, you don't have time because those investments don't get better over time, they get worse over time. But that's a great example where the calendar okay. might fool you. Okay. Okay. And I'm sorry I interrupted. You were saying, so the bronze vehicle, you might want to attend to that much more quickly. What are the things that might need to be done for vehicles that, you know, are in a different precious metal class? Right. Well, let's take the other extreme. Let's say you have a vehicle that has a high score and it's designated as a platinum vehicle. That's a vehicle that you really don't need to be in such a big hurry to move. So both of these pose challenges to uh, traditional-minded and even velocity-minded dealers because we're so accustomed to making decisions of consequence about vehicles based on how many days you've held them that it's very difficult to get that out of your mind. So once again, if you have a low potential vehicle on day one, it needs to go now, and conversely, high potential, you can afford to give that vehicle some time. So I can imagine if I was a dealer, a velocity dealer, and and so I I look at a car, I want to give it a shot on the market, I price it to give it a shot, and I do that kind of for every car. What we're saying here is, wait a second, some cars don't deserve the shot and some do. How do I take profit time and apply it to my pricing? That would seem like that's going to turn things upside down a little bit. Right. Well, I would actually have to disagree somewhat with the premise of the question because I don't believe you ever, quote unquote, give a car a shot. I'll tell you what you do with every car every day is you price it competitively. Mm -hmm. Every car every day needs to be priced competitively. Now, the question is, what does competitively mean? Well, what competitively means, whether you're a velocity dealer or a profit time dealer, is pricing your vehicle competitively in the context of its current competitive set. So I would say best practice for a velocity dealer every day is to price the vehicle uh, based on its value or what we call V-rank, one, two, or three best values in the market if you're a velocity dealer. Mm -hmm. If you are a profit time dealer, and let's say there's 15 vehicles in the competitive set, regardless of how many days you own the vehicle, if the vehicle has a low score, you definitely want to value rank it one, two, or three. But conversely, if it's got a high score, if it's a platinum car, I'm not sure that I want to be number 15, but I can afford probably to be 10, 11, or 12. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting where we find previously in our business, we have sort of looked for the customers that we think we can perhaps you know hold some gross on. And what Profit Time does is it really shifts the focus to the vehicle because when you have a vehicle that you own really right and it's got low market day supply and high volume in the market, you can afford to be a little bit more patient with that vehicle. 
So I wouldn't say that's taking a shot because again, you're, you're still pricing it competitively because it's in the context of its current competitive set. Mm-hmm. But the need to be value ranked one, two, or three is not present on every car. I any, see. Any longer, I see. which really gives the dealer the opportunity to maximize their potential on every vehicle. So that you're helping me become a better investment manager then. Stop me if I'm a dealer from doing things I've been taught or intuitively want to do. Precisely, and, and, and you said the magic words there, an investment manager. So you see, historically in our business, we've always gotten away with saying that our job is to sell cars. That's why we're here. Mm-hmm. That's what we'd always say mm-hmm. and think. And in reality, that was never really the reason we're here. Our job was not to sell cars. We thought it was, but it really wasn't. Our job always has been and still is, the reason we're here working in the dealership is to make money. Now, the reason we got away with thinking and saying that our job is to sell cars in the past is that there was so much margin in used cars that when we simply sold cars, we made money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But today, there's so little margin in these vehicles that just simply selling cars no longer guarantees you of making money. So it is true that we have to sell cars in order to make money, but just simply selling cars evermore doesn't get the job done. So what I say to dealers is, look, you know, you need to make a decision. Is your objective to sell cars, more cars, or to make more money? Because if your objective is simply to sell more cars, I'll give you a surefire strategy to do that, 100% guarantee. Just go out and double your inventory you'll sell more cars. Yeah. But I guarantee you'll make less money mm-hmm. because whatever vehicles you stock that you didn't sell in 30 days, now in this highly margin compressed environment, they're going to be out of profit opportunity. You see in the old days, it used to be that if you stocked more than you sold, the remainder was still in the money for at least another 30 days. Yeah. But today that's not the case. So we can no longer think that our job is to sell cars. Yes, we have to sell cars to make money, but our number one priority is to make money and therefore it only makes sense now for us to begin to think and behave not just like car guys and gals but also like investment managers and that's precisely once again what profit time allows us to do so if i'm a dealer and i hear or just think about what the implication might be it does seem to me i'm sure i'm feeling the pain of margin compression and what you're suggesting says i might actually find a way to fight back. I'm curious, when a dealer says, sign me up, Dale, for profit time, what's their experience like once they get into it and they start using it? Well, the first point is, there's no question in my mind that profit time is a superior method of management to anything that we've had in the past, including velocity management. No question in my mind, it's a superior approach. No question in my mind that one day, all dealers are going to make decisions of consequence about used vehicles, not based on calendar time, but on profit time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But having said that, even though I know that profit time is 100% right for all dealers, I'm also equally as convinced that not all dealers are right for profit time. And let me explain that. Yeah. If a dealer is going to be successful with profit time, they have to be prepared to make hard decisions fast about used cars. Hard decisions fast. And those hard, fast decisions come in two varieties. Number one, quickly pulling the trigger on a vehicle as early as as day one if it presents little profit opportunity. And that's hard. And it's similarly hard for a dealer, quite frankly, in these times to not be trigger happy, to be a little bit more patient on a car that presents profit opportunity. So both of those are hard decisions. 
the way that I measure a dealer's readiness for profit time, the way I determine whether they're likely or at least have the chance of making hard decisions fast Mm -hmm. is to look at whether they're making hard decisions at all. And the way I observe that is by looking at the amount of aged inventory they have. So if a dealer has a lot of aged inventory, what does that tell you? Tells you that they're kicking the can down the road. Yeah, you know? yeah, so, yeah. So why would we think that if we gave a dealer new software, they would suddenly start making hard decisions fast when presently they're not making hard decisions at all, or if they are, or not quick at all, but very slowly. If I was a dealer who made the grade then, let's say that I have exhibited what you described. I'm making a majority or or most maybe of the hard decisions I need to to get my inventory at that benchmark level. What's my experience when I turn on profit time then? If you are a dealer that's evidencing the willingness to make hard decisions on vehicles manifested by little if any aged inventory, you still have a pretty significant challenge because what you have to do is to get your organization to no longer consider at all the aid, the calendar age of a vehicle. And that has proven to be very difficult because for the last hundred years, every decision of consequence has been mindful implicitly of how many days measured by the calendar. One of the greatest challenges or obstacles to even a dealer who's ready is to inculcate the philosophy and their staff that the number of days that we hold this vehicle or have held the vehicle is absolutely irrelevant because we've looked at the number of days in the past only as a proxy for its profit potential. Yeah. And what our data scientists have proven to us is that the amount of days you hold the vehicle as a proxy of its profitability is actually wrong more than it's right. We've been making decisions on a faulty premise. And when you do that, you often make suboptimal and sometimes irrational decisions. So we need to stop considering the age of the vehicle and only consider the profit potential of the vehicle when we make the critical decisions. Well, I can imagine, you know, if I've been a velocity dealer, it's always about age and turn. So from the dealers who who maybe have started to use profit time, what methods or techniques are they using to change the way they themselves and maybe their teams are thinking about this? There are some very obvious key indicators that the profit time software reports out. And one of the first obvious ones is when you look at your pricing across these four precious metal buckets, the platinum, gold, silver, mm-hmm. bronze, is it inverted? And and this is this is fascinating. There was a day in the development of profit time when we absolutely knew we were going to change the way used vehicles were managed. Mm -hmm. And that's the day that we discovered the fact that 100%, I'm going to repeat that, 100% of the dealers were pricing their bronze vehicles, the ones that present the least profit opportunity, most proudly. And guess what category of vehicles they were pricing most aggressively to move fast, the platinum vehicles. That, that seems completely counterintuitive. What, what, what was going on there? Well, that's what we asked ourselves. How could you ever say that 100% of dealers, all dealers do anything alike, let alone something absolutely irrational? How mm-hmm. could that be? Well, when we really dug into and analyzed it, we discovered that 100% of dealers have an inverted pricing profile for a few reasons. Number one, All dealers, all decision makers are making decisions of consequence about vehicles mindful of calendar time with that faulty assumption that the amount of time you hold the vehicle Mm -hmm. equates to its profit potential. And we've proven that's wrong more than it's right. 
So that's the first reason. The second reason is that 100% of decisions of consequence about used vehicles today are made by human beings. And every human being on the face of the earth, to one extent or another, is wired to be a pain and loss avoider. That's the reason. Yeah, that's yeah. the reason we've been on the planet for a couple million years. Right. If we went out <laughs> looking for pain and loss, we would have uh, vanished a long time ago. So this tendency that we all have when it comes to used vehicle operations causes us, if we recognize a vehicle, if I stress we recognize yeah. the vehicle early on, our, our tendency is to say, "Well, we got time. Let's deal with it. Let's wait." And not only is that our human tendency, but the third reason that all dealers have inverted pricing profiles is that waiting in the past actually was a good strategy. Because if we owned a car for too much money, we waited long enough, we'd eventually find somebody who'd come along and probably pay us a little bit too much money. But that doesn't happen anymore. So these are the factors that cause 100% of dealers have price inversion. But you asked the question a moment ago, you know, how do dealers transition from calendar time to profit time? Mm -hmm. Well, the first phase of transformation is when they go from having an inverted pricing profile to a proper pricing profile, which means that their price to market on their platinum vehicles is the highest, followed by the gold, then the silver, and then the bronze are the ones that they are most aggressive on pricing. Let me interrupt you, Deal. I'm sorry for doing it, but it would seem like when that happens, there's going to be a little pain for me, maybe. I mean, if I'm really, really proud of my bronze cars and I'm expecting something that perhaps isn't really there, you're telling me I got to reckon with that, not kick it down the road. Do the platinums kind of offset that a little bit? or? Well, that's right. And this is very important to understand. The fact is that most dealers have a disproportionately large percentage of their inventory fall into the silver and bronze categories. In other words, the low potential. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that they have made bad decisions. That's simply a reflection of the reality of today's margin compressed environment. I mean, after all, where are you going to go to buy a low market day, high volume car cheap? I mean, they're really hard. Yeah, Once yeah. in a while you come by them, but Generally speaking, you know, you, you can't do that. So the majority of dealers' vehicles, I would say between a third and a half, fall into those lower two tiers of silver and bronze. Now, let's stop and think about that for a moment. If a dealer today, and this is likely to be the case, is most proud of their silver and bronze vehicles, and that represents a third to half of their inventory, mm -hmm. what do you think would happen to their volume overnight if they priced those vehicles rationally for what they are? They'd start selling. They would. Their volume would spike. Yeah. And what would happen to their F and I profit? It would grow with every sale. Correct. Yeah. And what would happen to their fixed gross internal labor and parts replacing those vehicles? That would grow. Well, assuming they they keep the the wheel turning, it would continue to grow. Right. So it's a tremendous growth opportunity, the fact that uh -huh. a third to a half of dealer's inventory is sitting there essentially not priced to move. But having said all those good things, what do you think would happen initially to the dealer's front-end gross profit if he or she priced the bronze and silver cars overnight to move? What would happen to their front-end gross profit? I have a hunch it would go south. It will go south. And reason being is that the average age for a dealer's silver and bronze vehicles tends to be somewhere between 40 to 60 days. So mm -hmm. initially, yeah. while we're clearing the table of 40 to 60-day-old poor investments, it's going to be painful to your front-end gross. But in the meantime, your volume will spike, your F&I and internal fixed labor and gross will spike. But here's the exciting part. Once you clear the table of those old poor investments and you start recognizing and addressing fresh poor investments quickly, 
then the gross is going to come roaring back. Because if, oh, you, yeah. if you identify a vehicle quickly in inventory, and its initial you know, first few days, it's a low profit opportunity and you jump on it, it will perhaps not feel good, but it will definitely be better than if you wait. And sometimes if you jump on it quickly, it won't be bad at all but it doesn't get better over time. So, that, that reminds, so it's a process. Yeah, it, that, there, it seems uh, I'm taken back to some of the earliest days of Velocity when one of the first things that dealers reckoned with was, or, or the benefits was they started to minimize wholesale losses or the price they paid for waiting. Correct. And it sounds like we're doing that Correct. here too. We're doing it now better with a better measurement yeah. system. The profit time score has proven to be a vastly superior measurement of profit potential than the calendar. So using the calendar is sort of equivalent to maybe an architect using uh, a ruler that is off by a few by a few <laughs> centimeters. I mean, think about they're going to make you know they're going to yeah. make drawings and, and buildings that are you know, off a little bit, you know, and, and that's really been the problem. And that's part of the reason why an ADA study has shown us that every year the investment's gone up and the return has gone down. It's got to be something a little bit more than just the market efficiency. It's actually an imprecise way of making decisions that we've used for the past hundred years. And now that we have data and we have data science and technology, we're able to take our art of business and move it to a whole new level. That seems pretty exciting. I'm just curious as a maybe a wrap-up question, how would you summarize the results that you've seen? You alluded to what might happen, you know, when somebody from a theoretical point, but what is it that we're seeing from dealers when profit time's rolling? So when profit time is rolling, what we're absolutely seeing is volume is spiking. How could it not? Yeah, when when yeah. dealers are pricing a third to half of their inventory, essentially not to move. So volume is spiking, gross profit and F&I is spiking, and as I said, internal uh, fixed labor and gross is spiking. For the first, depending on how much age inventory the dealer has initially, for the first 30, 45 days, the front end gross is going to go down. Now, even though we're pricing up some of the platinum yeah. and gold cars, unfortunately, they are not the larger portion of the inventory. So while we're pricing those initial vehicles to move and they're old, and we're gonna see some front end margin suppression, but overall, you're gonna make more out of the gate because you got more volume, got more F&I and, and, and internal fixed gross. And then usually about 45 to 60 days into it, now we're gonna be firing on all cylinders because the gross profit's gonna come back strong really strong, hmm. the front end gross profit, because we're going to start making hard decisions quickly on vehicles that represent poor investments and good investments. Yeah, and make it, And I guess it also sounds like giving cars that maybe we previously priced to move a chance to actually deliver on their investment value for us too. Correct. Yeah. Correct. If I were a dealer operating a used vehicle operation, no question in my mind, I would substitute calendar time with profit time. Dale, this has been an eye-opening and kind of mind-opening discussion here today. Thanks for joining the V-Auto podcast. May we ask that you join us again in the not-so-distant future for another episode? Absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Great. Thanks, Dale. Thanks, folks, for joining us for this week's edition of the V-Auto podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you next time. Take care and stay well. Stay well.